Welcome to the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. In our sermon series, Obedient, we are looking at why being rooted in Christ brings about the blessing of fruitful living. Today's speaker is Senior Minister Giddy Bacon. Now this may come as a surprise to you, but I have a problem going slow. I know, shocking. I have a problem waiting. If I want to do something, if I want to go have something happen, uh, the worst thing that can ever happen to me is to be told to wait or slow down. I didn't get the name Didi the Speedy for nothing, right? <laughs> but unfortunately, this character trait of mine, which has been with me since I, I guess, came out of the womb, um, has got me into trouble. It's got me into trouble. Like the time I was at church camp, and in church camp in Zimbabwe when I grew up, it was real camp. It wasn't this namby-pamby, wimpy, in dorms and cafeteria and get all your needs met. No, this was wilderness, camping, intense, in the African wildlife, you're going to get close to God or you're going to die kind of thing. And that's how we did camp. So we were out in the camp, and I went, and I must have been just a young teenager. Of course, at that time, it was fashionable. It was the practice, just like church camp here. Uh, you had to have a little girlfriend, right? And so my little girlfriend was also at camp, and I was buddies with her brother, and her brother and I were in the same tent. And as it always works out, uh, she was buddies with her brother's uh, girlfriend, and so they were in their tent, and the rule was no boys at the girls' tents. Well, I took that as Mary's suggestion and didn't apply at night. I said it probably doesn't apply at night because that's a daylight thing. So one night, the brother and I said, let's come visit our girls and let's come visit the tent. And so we made our way. It was, a, it was a moonlit night so we could find our way walking through the trees in the African bush. So it's kind of scary. No, it's not really. But anyway, we were walking through and all of a sudden as we get close to the tent, my friend who had better sense than I did stopped, and he stood there real still in the shadow of a tree so he couldn't be seen. Now, the reason why he stopped is that he saw something. Well, he tried to get me to slow down, but the idiot is speedy. I'm going to do what I'm going to do in the way I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. And I wanted to see my girlfriend at the tent. <laughs> and so as we walked along, he stopped, and he saw, he, what he saw was like a, a shimmering image of a ghost standing there. But it wasn't a ghost. It was Marsha K. Thompson, a single lady who had given herself to mission work. She was from Kansas, a sweet lady, a godly lady, a God-fearing lady. But at that time, she was a fierce lady. She was the guardians of the girls, the protector of the sweet little lambs in the girls' tent from the ravenous wolves from the boys' tent. And Didi, the speedy who cannot wait and listen, walked right into a trap. And as I walked into it, I walked into the wrath of Marsha K. Thompson. And this sweet, white-haired lady wearing this white gown that looked like a ghost in the moonlight, she grabbed me around my throat. I'm like, you're not supposed to do that me at church camp. Anyway, she grabbed me in my throat and she goes, what are you doing here, boy? I don't know why she said boy because she knew who I was. No, what are you doing here? And I was like, uh, I got lost. I thought I was going to the toilet. That's what we said. And she said, go back to your tent. And so I fled to my tent like a whipped puppy. I hate to wait 
I hate to wait. It's in my nature to go after what I want to go after in the manner I want to go after it in the time that I want it. And on the flip side of that, you could say, well, that's actually pretty good. That's how God wired you. And I would agree. That's how God has used me and, and how God has, has made me as, as a leader, as an individual. But the problem is, is that when that trait supersedes wisdom, and the Bible says wisdom comes from the fear of God. When that trait supersedes the instruction of God's word in my life, it leads to a problem. It leads to a problem. You see, God has saved me so that I can walk in life with him. And it's a partnership in which I walk with his spirit. And as I walk with his spirit means that I, if I want to follow God's will, have to be mindful to the spirit's prompting to walk not too far ahead of him and not to drag behind him in disobedience, but to walk in time with him, which means there are times when he says go, and then there's times when he says slow and wait. Because the reality is, is that God's gift of life, all that God has for me, comes by following God's way. Now, I got to imagine that you two have this issue, and it may not be perhaps in the way you approach things, but it could be in the way you live. You have a tension here with that reality, trusting God in the things of life. You may have a struggle trusting God when it comes to your money, right? We want God's blessing, but we don't want to hand over God our checkbook. It might come in a struggle in the way you go about your relationships. We want the blessings of good relationships, but we don't want to go by the way God has set relationships in terms of our sexual purity, in terms of our treating other people, in terms of the process of courtship. It may be a struggle in the way you take care of your body. We want healthy, lively bodies, but we struggle because of whatever reason to follow God's way in good sleep and good food and good exercise. You see, while we want God's gift of life, we have a problem because we have a struggle following God's way. Now, the great thing is, is that I'm encouraged by the reality that looking in the Bible, we find that this has been a problem since the beginning, since people of faith have been called to walk with God in life. And the nice thing is that as we look into the text that we've been looking into, the, the letter written by the Apostle Paul to a man named Titus, and the, the book of the Bible is called Titus, the letter that he wrote to Titus giving him instruction on how he's to lead a number of churches in the island of Crete where there were Christians learning to follow Jesus. The exciting thing is, is that he gives instruction to these folks on how we can learn to trust God, that God's gift of life comes from following God's way. You see, the Christians in Crete were facing this issue on two fronts. The first front was a theological front, a, a, an understanding how God gives life front. And maybe it's a, it's a struggle that you have too. You see, there were these individuals who were coming from other places, primarily Jerusalem, and they were Jews who were teaching this 
teaching. They were saying, hey, by the way, if you're not a Jew, if you are a Gentile, um, you have to understand that you have to be a Jew first because the Jews came first and then the Gentiles come in, came in. So if you want to be right with God's order of things, you have to become a Jew first in your practices and in your religious beliefs and, and so on and so forth. You have to eat kosher and do all that stuff. You have to be a Jew first before you can then qualify to be a Christian. To which Paul says, uh-uh, that's not right. Because the truth, God's way, is this. All people, no matter of your racial background, all people are made right with God simply through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's God's way in which God's life is given, the gift of life is given. And so they were dealing with this, this teaching, this doctrine that was entering into their world and, and Paul was reminding them God's gift of life is, comes from following God's way. Salvation comes by faith, not by following these Jewish traditions and laws. The second aspect of the struggle was on the flip side of, of things in that it had to do with lifestyle. You see, Crete was a party, party island. I mean, it's kind of like Putnam Bay, right? If you heard of Putnam Bay, it's like party central. Crazy college students doing crazy things all the time. And Crete was renowned for being a bad place. Brutes and liars and lazy gluttons, Paul says. And so the reputation of the culture and the practice of the culture was to behave in such way. And so these Christians who had to live in this place were dealing with the struggle of this is how everyone else acts and we're called to live differently and now I have to make a choice. Do I believe that God's gift of life comes from following God's way because God's way puts me at odds with the culture and being at odds with the culture means that I'm going to be treated like a weirdo. I'm not going to get ahead like everyone else is getting ahead. I'm not going to be accepted or liked. I'm not going to get what I want in the way I want it because what I'm choosing to do, how I'm choosing to try to live goes counter to the culture that I live in. And so these folks will be impressed with the issue of struggling to believe that God's gift of life comes from following God's way. And so Paul addresses this. And if you give your attention to the second chapter of Titus, I'm reading from the New International Version. You can just follow along with me as I read, but listen to what he says. He says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. And so I, you see the, the simple message in Paul's words, God's gift of life comes from following God's way. The grace of God has appeared, he says. What is grace? Grace is a gift, and in Christian circles, in the context of, of the Bible, grace is a gift undeserved. It's the story of God sending his son into the world. God became a man, entered into our world, so that he may live a life that's sinless, and he may lay down that life, that sinless life, on the cross and be raised again to life as he predicted. I don't know about you, though. Look at If a man came into the world and said what Jesus said and did what Jesus did, 
being verified by eyewitnesses. And then to top it off said, by the way, I'm the son of God who's going to die on a cross and three days later I'm going to come back to life. And he did that. And that is verified by the witnesses of, of reliable people. And we have that message come to us. I don't know about you, but if a man did what Jesus did and said what Jesus did and died and rose again, i got to tell you, we better pay attention to such a man. And I'm going to tell you, I paid attention to such a man, and I believe him. I believe what he says about life, and I believe what he says about eternity, and I believe what he says about God, and I believe what he says about how to live this life in my day-to-day. And I hope you do too. Because Paul says... Jesus is the appearing of God's grace, and what God's grace does, it not only gives us salvation, and we think of salvation in terms of eternity, but really it's life now. Life now, real life now. He gives us life, salvation, and that salvation, that coming of Jesus teaches us, that word teach is the same word we would use to train up a child, right? It's the... It's the investment you make in rearing a child in the way they should go in life. As you prepare a child to live and be successful, to, to leave the house, to have their own family, to do the things that, you, that they need to do to, to be honest and, and, and successful and good, all those things, that's the idea of the training. Well, God's gospel, the gospel of Jesus, what's come from Jesus, is a training for us to do what? To say no to ungodliness. What is ungodliness? Ungodliness is living in a manner that goes contrary to the will and word and way of God. But instead, it teaches us, it says, to say yes to a new way of life as we wait for the reward of Jesus to return and take us back to him, we will live as people who belong to him in a manner that's different. We will begin to experience the reality that God's gift of life comes by following God's way. So where do you struggle with that? Where do you struggle with that? Your marriage, your career... Where do you struggle with that? I'll tell you. I struggle with it in my worry about my mother. My mom is 75 years old. She lives in Zimbabwe, Africa. She's not well. She has atrial fib, has had for a number of years, has had strokes and many strokes that go with that. She's reliant on her medications in order to survive. She lives in Zimbabwe, Africa. My dad died in 2015, which means she's alone. There's no family in Zimbabwe. Lots of friends, lots of church folk, but mom feels still called to Zimbabwe. Now, those of you that are at my age, you're in that age, that sandwich age, where you're beginning to have to deal with the concerns of your aging parents as well as the concern of your growing children. And it's a tricky time. For me, what makes it comp- worse is the fact that she's over there, many, many, many miles away, and it's not easy to access. So I just found out that uh, Zimbabwe is dealing with another crisis that places being one crisis after the other because of the collapse of the economy. Another crisis is that they're running out of medication. So my old aging mom who needs blood pressure medication cannot find that medication. In fact, what I discovered was that it took her two weeks to get the medication she needed. In other words, she's going two weeks without her blood pressure medication. Not good for a person that 
has strokes, right? When I heard this from my sister, I was like, okay, Didi, the speedy action, let's take care of this problem. How are we going to get this medication? Where are we going to do? What are we going to do? In fact, let's just address the bigger issue. She needs to get out of Zimbabwe, Vanessa. It's my sister. How are we going to figure that out? Who do I need to call? What do I need to do? Who do what monies do I need to get? That was what I was doing. And God said, no, nah, time out. Before you start running, Didi, I need you to start kneeling. And I've dedicated this time since then to just fervently praying for my mom for God to work because quite honestly the problem is way beyond me but I'm learning God's gift of life comes from following God's way my kids are becoming young or young adults I stress out about their choices you know when they were young I'll be honest with you it was crazy but it was easier because you could contain them in the house and kind of keep them safe. Now they're older and doing things that could change the entire, their entire life trajectory. I'm learning to trust God by giving over my children to him because guess what? God's gift of life comes by following God's way. So I've got to trust him working in their life when it comes to the selection of their, their future spouse, their careers. I struggle with this in little ways. I just did a trip to Denver and then got into a car. I had to drive up to a place called Breckenridge in the mountains. And I, str I was stressing that out by that trip. It's not an easy trip, driving up the mountain, because you never know what's going to happen. And I was stressing. And I had to learn, okay, wait a minute, deep breath. God's gift of life comes by following God's way. I'm going to have to pray about this and give it over to God. Where do you struggle? Where does this issue come to bear? Is it your money? Is it your children? Is it your body? Is it your entertainment habits? Is it the deep hurt you have in your heart because someone wounded you so badly many years ago. And God's word says that if you are forgiven, which I'm assuming you believe you are because you're here or you're looking for that, if you're forgiven, you have to be a forgiver. And while you can say, I, I got that, but when it comes to this person, mm, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Working the process of forgiveness is, 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 is brutal, and I don't know. I don't know if I can trust that God's gift of life comes from following God's way. Here's something I think we also have to acknowledge, too. We live in a culture of whiners and complainers. And we have this holiday called Thanksgiving, but to be honest with you, come on. We're not really a Thanksgiving people. A lot. Just listen to talk radio, read the posts on social media. Christians are plainly told that God's way for living is to be thankful in all circumstances, whether they're good or bad or stale or exciting or they're a transition or a season. First Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
Ever wonder what God's will is for you? Well, there it is, plainly stated. One aspect of God's will is for you to give thanks in all circumstances. God's gift of life comes from God, following God's way, which means being thankful in all circumstances. I don't know if you've noticed this. There's been quite a few articles, particularly in Thanksgiving time, about the benefits of gratitude. Scientists are now picking up that those who practice gratitude on a regular basis, those who enter into that discipline of Thanksgiving, are successful, healthier, and nicer to work with. What they've discovered is a truth that has been in the Bible for a long, long time. Being thankful is one aspect of what it means that God's life comes through following God's way. Now, today we have a special guest with us. C.Y. Kim is with us. He's comes for the missionary convention. C.Y. and his wife, Patricia, are partners and co-founders of CRAM Worldwide, Christ Reaching Asia Mission. CRAM's doing work in China, North Korea, Cambodia, and the Philippines, church planting, schools, hospitals, farms, food factories. CY and Patricia are celebrating 50 years of ministry together this year, preaching the good news of Jesus to the peoples of Asia. So can you please give a nice warm Mount Carmel welcome to CY Kim. Glad you're with us, CY. Thank you. Um, would you take this opportunity to share with us your, what, what you're grateful for, three things you want to thank God for, three things that you can share that hopefully will encourage us to trust that God's gift of life comes from following God's way. The purpose of our mission is uh, to seek to save that which is lost. I'm interested to see how people responded for the gospel. And most of you do not know about me. I'm not qualified man to be missionary in the beginning with. That's what I need Jesus. I am a broken vessel. I am a sinner before God, yet he loves me, he wants to use me, and he wants to wash my mouth and my heart, and he was there when I was needed him, so that I was able to baptize this year so far, 184. Amen. I want to thank God for that. To do any evangelistic work to make disciples, there is one textbook that is a Bible, and I'm going to show you the Bible that I smuggled in to North Korea from China. As you know, there are five different communist countries on Earth, North Korea, China, Laos, Vietnam, and Cuba. Cuba is doing a little bit better, but basically she is on the communism. Now, you never seen this kind of Bible in your life. It's so small, yet easy to pass from my hands when I shake hands with the North Korean people's hands. And uh, in order to not other people see it, but when North Korean people receive this kind of Bible. 
this is not Gideon Bible Society product, <laughs> and it's uh, purposely printed it in Korean language, and we read the Bible in a way, in the way, by the way, from top to the bottom, it's like that. God's soul of the world. 하나님이 세상을 이처럼 사랑하사. You read the Bible from left to the right. God's soul of the world that he gave his begotten son. So no matter what I want to share with you, I want you to do like a Koreans do. <laughs> on, on Thanksgiving, you know, time and uh, instead whatever I want to tell you I do not want to see that you shook up your head <laughs> <laughs> now this book is a textbook that I use it to seek to save that which is lost with my wet eyes and broken hearted and bended knees book of John first chapter first verse says that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. So one day I had a determination to smuggle in this Bible, this kind of the Bible from China going into North Korea. To make a long story short, when I got into the North Korea, in the street market, unexpectedly, I saw the woman 55 years old women, that is their life expectancy in their country, asked me to come by showing me her hands, asked me come, and she was happy to see me. Evidently that when I dealt with her before, I didn't have this book in my hands and I was not able to give this book to her. This time when she sat down, and I put my handkerchief on the gravel road and she and I sit down and she asked me, do you have that book for me? I said, Grandma, if you keep that book in your home for reading purpose, if your neighbor reported to the, to the police or if police come to you suddenly to find out that what you have in your home for reading purpose, Grandma, you are looking for a big trouble. I want to give her this uh, Bible, but I do not want to see her get troubled. To be in labor camp or prison for perhaps her lifetime, and her family will be moved out from the house where they're living in. All of the house where the people living in uh, belong to the government. Grandma said, I just ate one meal a day. In my home, there's not much grain left over. That means that there was a food shortage. When I was in hospital about a week ago, hospital didn't have no medicine for me. She indicated that her life on earth is limited and it was a serious. I said, Grandma, if I give you that book, you do not have uh, electricity in the home. Most of North Koreans do not have no electricity. And you have to use a calcium lamp. And though I give you with the uh, magnified glass, that's what I accompany with the magnified glass. 
to read the Bible and try to share with you that how lucky you are. And, uh, you know, we are just a human being. Sometimes we take things for, for granted. And uh, she said, if you give me that book, it will be hard for you to read this Bible even if you have a, even if I gave you a magnified glass. She said, I want to hold that book in my hands when I am going to die. This holding this book is comforting her to know that he is, she is with God. Hmm. Question. Is this kind of the Bible you have, is this really precious to you? Is your Christianity, is it really cost to you? Is Jesus means to you anything? I thank in God for having this Bible so that I can read it. I thank God for my family. I married my wife last 51 years ago. Yes, good. We are parents of just nine children. <laughs> Among nine children, we adopted five. Not because we couldn't have our own children, not because uh, we had a big house as a missionary, not because uh, we had lots of money. I was young, and I want to do something more and good for glorifying the name of Jesus Christ. Raising nine children at a small house with a limited of living expenses, it was difficult. That's why I lost a lot of hairs here. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way how you left. <laughs> I want you to come to China too. <laughs> you know, I like this church mm -hmm, because there's a people who can laugh. Mm -hmm. I belong to here. It's a good church. Reason that I'm talking about uh, my family, I have a wonderful wife who raised nine children, and I baptized all of our nine children, and they became disciples of Jesus Christ. Not only they became disciples of Jesus Christ, when I was in the prison 21 years ago, for two years and six months, I thought that I was dying because my room was a six by six. It's like your laundry place or your closet. I just couldn't hardly even breathe. In that room, it took two years and six months. He let me know, God let me know what he expected for me to do. He is training me in that prison cell to send me into North Korea. Well, I said, God, I'm old, I'm old. And uh, that's, what I, that's why I, how I received the assignment going into North Korea 
it was not my choice. Hmm? These children of mine and my wife sustained me and by saying that, don't give up. He has some plan for you. Don't give up, father. And I thank God for my wife and children, especially when I was almost giving up my religion in the prison for two years and six months, and my wife and my children sustained me. That's what I'm thanking God for my wife and my children. And finally, I thanking God for this Mount Camel Christian Church. Without your support, without your prayers, I cannot do all of this work. Working North Korea, China, Cambodia, and Philippines, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I'm much, much older than what do you think. <laughs> like I said, I belong to this church. I respect this uh, lad uh, pastor here, came from a rich Christian family and uh, missionary family. I respect him, and I want to see that him and his leadership and preaching this congregation will grow more and more to reach the more people, even in North Korea, China, Cambodia. God bless you and keep you. God shine, made his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. God, Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. In this Thanksgiving time, I want you bow down, kneel down, and thanking God, our almighty God. Thanking God for the Bible you have to read. Thanking God for your family. Until I see you again, God bless you. There is a one thing that I need your help. I'm leaving for China on December 1st. Few more weeks ahead of me. I want to write to you. I want to write to you and I want you to have your email address so that I can write to you. So there is a mission display table on the church foyer. There is a piece of paper and four points when church will be over. When you go out, please stop by see me and write down your name and the email address. Let your name be registered in the almighty God's life book and uh, that is our treasure. And we thanking God for this church and our family. God bless you. Thank you. so grateful that CY, you can stay standing, we're going to close it up here, sorry. So grateful that CY and Patricia said yes 50 years ago to the Colden ministry. I'm so thankful that we have the opportunity to say yes to join them in support. God's gift of life 
comes from following God's way. So here's a challenge to see that come alive. This week of Thanksgiving, every day, choose to vocalize, to say out loud, three things you're thankful for. In the morning when you get up, maybe in the evening before you go to bed, maybe in the car when you're driving to work. Three things that you're thankful, regardless of the circumstance. They can be big things. You can give thanks to God for the life he gives to us in Jesus. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son. That Jesus died on the cross, rose again on the third day, and, and has provided a way for you to be right with God because of you, your faith. You can thank God for the small things. You can thank God for those, those, those chocolate cookies you can buy at Kroger's that has this orange flavor called Pips. I love it. <laughs> but that's a small thing that you can thank God for. Take up the challenge to thank God for three things every day this week. And think about the ramifications. If the blessings of God are released, the life of God is released through us being obedient to following his way. And instead of complaining, instead of whining, instead of, as my, my English family says, whinging about everything, we instead say thank you. Regardless of circumstance, good, bad, indifferent, we say thank you. And we trust that God's gift of life comes from following God's way. What change, what, what effect will that have? in you and in those whom God has brought into you a life to bless. So I'm going to ask our guys who are here to pray. I'm going to ask them to come down. They're going to be available to pray with you in person. They're available to give you counsel. They, they can give you counsel on what's next in terms of maybe your walk of faith. They're going to be available up front. I'm going to close with a prayer, and after our prayer time, we'll be dismissed to move on. Be sure to say hi to, to see why. Lord, thanks for this time together. Thanks for the blessings you give to us. Thank you for the testimony shared by C.Y. Kim and for the affirmation of your word. Help us, Lord, to truly trust in every little thing that God's gift of life comes from following God's way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can interact with us online at our website, www.mtcarmelchurch.org. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.